0: Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. to the fact check this podcast a very special Sunday evening live stream today I am joined by uh, good friends and guests of the show Trey Daniel and mark Metz uh, and this is the first time that Trey and Mark have been on the show together uh, so I am outnumbered by gingers tonight which is interesting uh, a new uh, a new phenomenon for me but uh, we are going to in- speaking of gingers we are going to be talking about villains um, oh there yeah, we go nice <laughs> you,
1: you know <laughs> you you can't talk about villains without mentioning gingers i mean like
0: obviously
2: we are soulless creatures
0: <laughs> should we talk about some of the uh like literary and um movie and comic book villains who have been gingers or should we uh should we do more of the uh uh let's do some introductions first since the two of you haven't we been. talking and of green cables right now <laughs> <laughs> of course you bring it back around to that uh l- let's do some introductions first since the two of you haven't been on the show to- together before that way you get to uh know who each other are so introduce yourselves and then we'll kind of we'll kind of uh take it from there
1: yeah i'm a uh, tree 50 daniel uh frequent tweeter uh twitch streamer you know occasional youtube video uploader if i ever get to get around to doing that um you know I, I, I usually stream on twitch and just you know talk about stuff and play video games so
2: nice uh mark Metz. i run the the emergent at substack uh markmets.substack.com i'm a writer there and i also do a morning show with that loser justin uh, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, called The Morning After.
0: It is at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, and we won't even talk about the other time zones. If you want to catch Mark on the show, you should tune in Monday and Friday. He tends to True. bail Wednesdays. out <laughs> he, he tends to duck out on us on Wednesdays for some reason.
2: Also, if you want to see just me on the show, like maybe
0: 8.35,
2: 8.40, somewhere <laughs> yeah. around there.
0: Yeah. Don't, don't show up at 8.30. He will not be on time. You didn't tell me this was live. Well, you know, I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't really considered it initially, and then uh, as I was thinking about it, especially with the topic, it's like it feels like something that I would like to get uh, feedback from. You know, anybody that might, anybody that might want to tune in and and kind of listen to us talk about this topic, um, it would be something to get feedback. Because everybody has differing differing opinions on villains, so I'm gonna share share the tweet that kind of uh, kicked this off. While we're at it, Trey can answer some questions.
1: Uh, I usually uh, stream me playing like uh, shooter games, so like Call of Duty stuff like that. that that's primarily what I stream, but I, I play a variety of games. I play uh, a lot of different games. I've been playing stuff like Ark Survival Evolved and just a plethora of games
0: lately, so. All right, so Thanks. this is the the tweet that kind of kicked this whole thing off. Uh, average downer ending fan, oh my science, everyone dies and the villain wins. And then average happy ending enjoyer, the main character saves the world and gets the girl splendid. And Trey's comment on this was, uh, he he didn't understand why people, what was it? I never understood the reasoning why people enjoy watching the villains win. And then you also made some clarification on that, which I'll, I'll let you, uh, you can go into your clarification as well, because you said you did kind of understand it. And it's the, the nihilism thing where I personally, and Dag and I actually had this conversation on Wednesday, very, very, very briefly, uh, on the morning show, but we talked about it a little bit. I, Actually, tend to side with the villains for uh, varying different reasons, and I not... does that mean? You side with them? <laughs> <laughs> he's a,
1: he's a fan of the villains. Well, you, you said uh, that you told he's... me
2: this. You told me this in a text, and I was going to press the issue there, but I was like, "Well, if I'm going to be on the show, I'll ask him." <laughs> All right, so <laughs>
1: like, like if you look he, at them... he has a, a Joker. Joker picture poster in his background that's what he's telling you
2: and i might end up agreeing with him i just want to hear what he has to say about this
0: oh okay so like if you and i was gonna i was going to cover this more in depth as we go but yeah i mean we can kind of we can kind of take it from the top because there are people who for varying degrees and reasons side with the villains uh i tend to see their uh prescription as being a little more direct and a little more um on the nose to address <clears throat> what they view as an issue, because typically, n- and not all, right? Like, like Joker is, Joker is one of those like nefarious characters that he's just evil for the sake of being evil. And and I'm not necessarily talking about those. Usually, it's a villain that has a, a nuanced uh, thought and and uh, rationale so, behind. Uh, so, like yeah. Thanos's excuse in Infinity War for wanting to wipe out half of existence. Like when he's explaining it and and you're looking at it, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's not necessarily wrong. Like I I don't necessarily, I may not necessarily like the way he's going about doing it, but he sees the problem and he's going to address it in the most direct way forward that he can. Like Magneto in the X-Men, there have been arcs throughout X-Men where Magneto has just been a belligerently evil but for the most part, Magneto's goal for in the X Men universe and in you know the Marvel universe is he is trying to defend mutant kind, and he views and not not, not only that, but he's trying to
1: build a like a, a pro mutant society. You know, like like he he wants to have like a mutants to be. Like, be have their own society and function in their own way, like almost like a separatist. He, he's basically like he, he just wants the mutants to go away. And, like, you know, or, or it's, in some cases, he gets over eccentric and like wants to like purge non mutants or whatever. But, uh, most of the time, he, he just wants to get away and have a mutant society,
0: and right? So, and a lot of time, his more and ne- many, it, many and a lot of time, his more nefariously evil, you know, evil and villainous actions are. More as a direct, uh, as a direct result of the actions of humans and and things that they've done. Like it's more a defensive action than a, than an aggressive. Or in the occasions that it is aggressive, it's because he sees the writing on the wall. And you know when you know Magneto's backstory and and everything with the uh, the Nazi Germany, you know being a Jew and all of that stuff. Like when you understand Magneto's personality and who he is and, and his reasoning for it like when he is more aggressive and he is more direct it's because he sees the threat and he's addressing the threat before the threat has a chance to go to him, to come after him first so so you know just those are two very specific examples but you know there are a lot of others throughout literature and and other like comic books and video games and movies and stuff like that that when you when you sit down and you look at the at the villain the villain, they're not necessarily wrong. I just may not always agree with the way they go about it. But at the end of the day, like I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of on their side. Um, and then a lot of times when you look at the, like my problem, when you look at the bad guy or the good guy, um, they're really, they're not, not doing anything.
1: Like right. they're playing, they're playing with kid gloves. Like it's, it's kind of like, uh, so, so when I, I was going to expound upon that like, kind of like, you know, you mentioned the Joker and, and, a lot of you know, like canonified versions of the Joker um, are, are different, right? You know, so most of them are very directly evil. But if you look at like the Heath Ledger Joker in Dark Knight, you know, th- there's the meme, uh, and I don't know necessarily know like if it if it was meant to be that way in the like in the way that they wrote the script. But basically, he he was destroying all of the mob money financing, and he was destroying the mob directly with his actions. And he, you know, he he took direct action against all the criminals in Gotham City more so than 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 Batman did himself. And so in some ways, yeah, I do see the side of the villain in that case. Uh, But I think that's more of a flip of how how society is viewing the media and i think that's what i'm saying is like kind of like giving in to this sort of nihilist perspective and that that's why i clarified next week is even in this case where i do agree that like joker was justified in in taking action against the mobsters because batman's not going to go in there and and actually like end the mobsters like actually off them or uh you know burn all their money because that that would be that that's not something that batman is looking to do he's looking to try to be the the like beacon of justice he wants to be the the clean shooter and so he's not going to like he's not going to go after them in that directable way but i think it's more of a, a telling story about how society is now looking at media and when we're creating media we're we're saying well and, and how we view the media too it's not just how they're creating it but how we're viewing it because when i view it and the reason that i'm siding c- to some extent with the joker in that case is because the 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 framing of the way that he's going after those guys okay well yeah he, he he's kind of justified he's a little bit off you know off off his rocker but he's justified in taking action against these mobsters and ruining them but you know if it were a positive society so take like the old superman movies where you know superman saves lois lane and and you know Saves the world from all disaster or whatever. The reason we were able to have that kind of media is because we had such a positive society. And now the the ideology is kind of flipped to where now I look at every villain in in regular media, and yeah, I do kind of a lot of times I do look at them. You know, kind of like you said, Thanos. I look at their perspective and I say, well, I don't really like their prescription for the solution, but. They're doing more than the heroes are doing to solve the problems of society and everything. So how can I disagree with them? And I think that I think that's kind of kind of where you're
0: coming from, right? And like uh, you know, making the the Joker, the Heath Ledger's Joker versus Batman comparison. Like when you look at like I was talking about Magneto, when you look at Professor X on the opposite side of that, what has any of his like we need to be? We need to peacefully get along with the humans, as far as you know the the, the Marvel universe and the X Men universe go. Like, what does any of his peaceful solution ever produced? Like, they're still just as hated by humans as as if he had done nothing at all, or or if he had turned completely villainous. In fact, to some extent, Magneto's solution ends up uh, paying some level of dividends because they do have. Genosha and they have like their own island nation where they can go and to some extent be left alone. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, you, you want the government to leave you alone. Maybe you should give them a, an incentive to, to, to do that. Not saying that that's right, but you know, I mean. <laughs> but I'm, but you're siding with it. <laughs> right. So, so this is okay. like uh
2: organized crime in the fifties and sixties. Uh, brought more order to those big cities than the government from distilling this down.
0: Okay. Right. Like if you want to look at it from a historical perspective and bring it back to that. Um, there have been Yeah,
1: like the, the prohibition gangsters protecting the businesses and protecting everything more so than the government even would, you know, in, in that way. Like that that's kind of that is kind of the a good comparison,
0: I guess. And that's not those aren't like historical anomalies. Like that's that has happened throughout history. Like all of really all of civilized society has had these uh what would be deemed criminal elements that actually produce more positive outcome for their communities than the you know the the good guys in the the government and the or you know I guess the people who are in charge.
2: We gotta look at how like how it got framed as like the gangsters the bad guys and the government good guys of course that's the the media right that mostly portrays it that way um when in reality it's like i mean they're not neither of them can be described as good guys i mean you can't like (laughs) you may side with the mobsters more than the government but it's not like they're purely good right yeah,
0: I, I guess I understand where you're uh, where you're coming from with that. Like the those who are the good guys definitely aren't good or producing anything necessarily positive in those situations, and and really in in a lot of uh, a lot of like movies and comics, uh, literary type examples that we're talking about. Like, uh, if you really get into nuance of it, what do the good guys often produce other than to stand opposed to the bad guy, who may or may not be moving towards the same goal, just trying to move there a lot more aggressively.
2: I mean, I'm reading, rereading the Iliad right now. It's like one of the first, first forms of literature, right? First pieces of literature that we have, and like, there's no set good guy versus bad guy in there. Like, is is Achilles the protagonist? I mean, Achilles does not he doesn't have a whole lot of redeeming qualities is Hector. I don't know. I mean, he's nice. kind of selfish. Kind of how you read it, right? <laughs> yeah, he's selfish. He's petty. Arrogant. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you might read about Achilles and like him, but you can't say that he's necessarily the good guy of that story.
1: Right. Well, but, but like what I'm contrasting, but what, what mainly what I was contrasting is, is nowadays you are seeing darker and darker media. To where it's like, um, every time, you know, you can't have the hero just win, and you can't, you know, usually sometimes you don't even have the hero win at all. Either they get beat up, or you know, whatever thing that may happen, uh, there's there's no good resolution to to try to like give you hope, and I think that it's a like symptom of what we're in kind of now, like you don't need to have hope. So no, none of your media, no, none of the, none of the media that we're creating is is going to be hopeful because none of us feel hopeful about the future. Uh, that, that's kind of what I'm picking up from all, all the media that I'm looking at, but I look at something like, so if I look at something that like My Hero Academia, it has elements Kind of like what you're saying with 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 both perspectives. They have a great villain called Stain. I don't know if any of you guys watched it or if you're if you're gonna care to watch it. So I don't, I might spoil something for you. Uh, but my here. What? Yeah, I'd say like, go ahead. My kids,
0: my kids are, are fans, and I will probably end up watching at some point. But I, I'm not concerned about spoilers. Like go go for it.
1: Yeah. So Stain is is a villain, and he points out. So there's. A, a group of heroes, and they essentially use heroes as uh, they're paid, paid uh like paid professionals. They're like the government will go, you know, contract them out to to go deal with crime in the streets, and they essentially pay these heroes, and they, they work for agencies that are you know essentially corporate entities, and they they go out and work with the government to, to save people. That's the idea anyway, but stain is a villain who points out the fact that that these institutions are corrupted and he says like look at these heroes that you're looking up to none of them are like all might who is the main hero who actually he he's he's the strongest guy he's essentially the superman of the universe he actually believes in trying to help people every single chance you you see all might he is trying to help people even when he's like about to like possibly die he is he is going out of his way to save every person. And it's it's because of his like just his nature. He is a hero. And stain basically says, you know, look at All Might. He he is he is the only actual hero of all of these people. All the rest of them are phonies and they, they they're they're getting paid to, to, to do this and they, they don't care about you. Like they don't care about you humans, like you regular humans, because essentially they have some people who have powers who go on to do this hero work. And then they have other people who are just, you know, like regular people uh, who don't get the hero gene, uh, essentially. And he's telling the the regular people, hey, these people won't save you. They don't care about you because they're just working for, you know, they're working for pay, essentially. They're doing this as a career. So they're the cops. It, basically. And that's kind of like the where you see his point. But in the end, you... In in this story, the reason why this story is better, I think, than some of the other ones is because the heroes, the actual heroes, like the, these kids that are going through the hero school, uh, a lot of them actually are trying to be heroes. They 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 don't they don't care about the job. They care about saving people, and that's where it comes through. Is like they're trying to prove him wrong, and he he even acknowledges. He says. Uh, he, I forget what the exact line, but he basically acknowledges one of the guys, one of the kids that are trying to train to become a hero. He says, like, you know, essentially, I respect you because you're you're not like the others. Essentially, you are a hero, and and that's what I'm saying. Like that, that gives me like a hope. But like a lot of the current media is just like, yeah, yeah, I might as well side with the villain, right? Because all the all the heroes are garbage. They're they're like j- just like our politicians now. Like they're, they're not going to get anything done. They don't care about you. And they're only there to collect a check. kind
2: of thing. Yeah. The hero lifted on a pedestal right now is, uh, Zelensky in Ukraine. This is, this is supposed to be our hero,
0: right? Well, and the problem, I yeah. think, uh, to that point, there are, there are really good, uh, like alternate forms of media. I don't want to say alternate, like it's, but it's, you know, lesser known, um, comics and stuff like that, like you see with Invincible, where the, where his, uh, for anybody who hasn't seen it, my son and I did a an a Invincible review uh, a while ago, and if you haven't seen it at this point, like, it's on you, not me, so I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm necessarily spoiling anything, but, like, when you find out that Omni-Man is not actually this uh, incredible, like, world-saving hero, he's actually here to bring about the enslavement of the planet by his own people. And then his son finds out and like actually stands up to him. Like you get some good, uh, you get some good nuance and balance between who the heroes are, who the villains are and, and kind of how the, the, the actual heroes um, differentiate themselves from, from the, the pedestal heroes that we've been given for years. So like, you know, that's like, that's my, my problem with like, uh, Professor X and, and some of the other some of the other heroes is at the end of the day, a lot of their solutions kind of seem like uh, communism. And, uh, and, you know, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to get on that side. It's like, oh, yeah, we just need the, the greater good. will take care of it. Like we're going to we're going to stop these villains and we're all going to be just kumbaya, rah, rah, rah. And like, that's not that's not. How the world works.
1: oh it, it's either like communism or it's like libertine to the point of like, oh, you know, yeah, the the, the free market. You know, like it, they're gonna choose us heroes to to be the right way or something like that. And, and the idea of like they're just gonna choose it. You know, it, you're, you're you're not gonna get anywhere
0: doing that kind of strategy, right? So I, I do like some of the some of the way that heroes are being portrayed with with newer media, and that it is giving them. Uh, a more of a nuanced approach to the, the way they uh, the way they flesh out their I- their ideas and their ideals, and the way they kind of combat what is the the actual evil in the story, because evil is kind of uh, or or the as opposed to necessarily the villain, the bad guy is kind of evolving in these stories too, which is interesting because uh, I do think there are some good comparisons to the way these stories are evolving with how you look at the good guy versus the bad guy. And you can draw some comparisons to, uh, to the world itself. Like media imitates reality to some extent. And there, there has been a lot more over the last several years of seeing the heroes not portrayed so much as like, this, you know, beautiful thing on a pedestal, but but being given sort of a realistic look, and and then when you think historically of the things that have been put up on that pedest- pedestal in society, as opposed to how they are in reality, uh, like police, like the military, like politicians, like a a lot of uh, a lot of things, like you're starting to see some of that truth uh, in the world that may not have existed 20, 25 years ago.
2: Can you, is my cat coming through? Can you yeah. hear her meowing?
0: It's not it's annoying thing, but it's, like,
2: no, it's I fine. Need, I need your spear.
0: It's always right here, man. It's always right here. Yeah. I need one next to me.
2: Um no, I mean, like the it, it is easier to get on board with the hero when the hero is like believable, like my favorite heroes are the ones that actually go are either like reluctant heroes or they go through their own like temptation of joining the dark side, if you will, right like if your hero is like just pure captain America <laughs> actually like Captain America, but like he he's a little bit too unbelievable sometimes well, so uh, then it's. Uh,
1: you kind I mean, of have a hard time,
2: like, uh, relating to him. Because we all are tempted, are reluctant.
1: Well, but there there are some, you know, people who are generally... I do think there are generally people who have a proclivity for being a good person. So that being portrayed in media isn't a problem for me. I think a lot of people do have a problem with that because they think they're, everybody is shades of gray. I don't, you know, like, I, I don't think...
2: Who's like, the I would like that
1: to, story? 50 Shades. No, i <laughs> Who was the villain in that? <laughs> I, I mean, probably her. <laughs> I've never read any she, of it. She got, the look, she, got a, she got all that stuff up for free out of that guy, pretty much.
2: Ooh.
0: Oh god! Oh man!
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry, you you know, there
0: one, are those <laughs> in the libertarian community that would that would argue that it was not free. She was she earned every <laughs> bit of that. Um, but
1: no, so like take one of my favorite animes, uh, Go, uh, Goku and Dragon Ball. So oh, he, okay, yeah. so obviously Goku, if they if you make a story about Goku and you say like, oh yeah, you know he's kind of. You know, all all these, you know, he, he he's not quite, you know, black and white. He's not a hero, and everybody else is, it, like, these guys are, aren't villains. Then it would be really weird to have that kind of character, because, it, honestly, the, the whole story breaks down. Because if Goku is, is just as evil as some of the villains, then what's the point of him even fighting in that point? Because all he's trying to do is he, he's he's just going to be fighting over stealing planets. He becomes just like what Vegeta is, and Vegeta kind of is that perspective. He kind of is the guy who who eventually, but eventually he comes around even, and he's like, oh, Goku's He comes around like, like uh, several
2: times, right? Like he experiences many redemption arcs. But I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I that's like yeah, that's arc like arc Magneto.
0: Magneto. Ma- Magneto has sort of a similar journey. He'll he'll he will have his moments where. He not necessarily um, like changes his stripes, but he'll he'll come around and behave himself to some extent or another. So, and, well, uh, well, he like Professor builds the uh,
2: Professor X, yeah. X and
0: Magneto yeah. need each other, and Goku and Vegeta need each other. Like if you had just
2: a Goku without a Vegeta, then DBZ wouldn't be uh, as entertaining, well, I mean, or interesting.
1: It, it, I don't know. Like the 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 rivalry between them is important. But even as they're heroes, like they're both heroes now, right? Like in the story, all canonically, like the, after Vegeta basically has betrayed Goku twice, uh, now they're they're both heroes, and they be, but they compete against each other to to be better, and they want to you know save the world now. Like Vegeta doesn't just think that he needs to take planets anymore; he, he realizes that there there are people, and you know he he, he can treat them. In a way that's reasonable, but it, it, but they they he needs to be there to compete now. But I think now after after you have that initial like you know conflict with them, now it's just about them tr- both trying to better each other, and it makes that story better because of that. But I don't I don't think like if you if you take just Goku himself and you said. Okay, well, Goku doesn't need to be a perfect hero. Every villain he needs to fight needs to be kind of, uh, kind of right, and and he needs to be, uh, kind of wrong sometimes, and he needs to be abusing his power or something like that. I, I see, you know, too many much of that kind of going in the media. Where now it's like, oh, well, you know, this hero abuses his power or something like that, or doesn't use it correctly, and almost every movie becomes like a, a pseudo Hancock type. Movie. Like a, every superhero film is going to basically become a Hancock where it's it's anti heroes, all anti heroes. because nobody can be a true hero and just feel that they're they're doing the right thing. And you can always have the hero do the right thing in the wrong way and then kind of explain to the hero like, hey, uh, you know, like this approach wasn't the right way. But I feel like it's just kind of
0: I don't I don't okay. know what. to be OK, about. OK. On that on that. You can always, or you could have a, a hero, do the right thing in the wrong way. Would you qualify a Punisher as a hero or a villain? Well, I mean, I he's obviously.
1: He,
0: I don't think he's, he's an anti-hero. Like I'm, I i, I do not know. like Punisher. The, is. I'm like I get it. Like the people that he uh, that he kills are not good people, but. Does that make him a hero? He, I mean, I, I
1: would say by by the metric, he, he's a hero because he is he is stopping like he's stopping thugs and criminals. Uh, but if you, you know, he's taking some actions that aren't heroic, I guess, in the traditional sense. And See, that, I think I that's would, where I would
0: put him more in like a Thanos esque camp. As far as like his uh, his general approach, like it's it I, I and with all that being said, like I love I love Punisher. I, I've been a big Punisher fan since I was I was a kid. I got into I got into a Punisher into the Punisher young, um, just out of dumb luck uh, video game and it kind of, but but also having a good understanding of um, who and what the Punisher actually was and stood for through like his history and backstory and everything. Um, it also kind of uh, uh, informed some of my beliefs growing up because, you know, uh, media does imitate reality, and there is a lot of truth in the things that they talk about in those stories. When you look at that kind of stuff, so, but you know, like I was saying, if you if you really boil it down, well, did he, you he really did is you taking the... a very Thanos esque approach?
1: But, well, yeah, but did, did you, uh, I mean, if, if we have to make it, is he a hero or a villain, then obviously I'm going to side on the, err on the side of the hero because he, he is doing, taking steps initiative to clean up the, you know, the bad members of society. So he's doing something that's heroic, but it's just, he, he's taking the wrong methodology. Um, and, and that's that's kind of like I guess what, what we were going off of. Did you see the watch did you actually watch the Netflix uh, Punisher show by chance? Most of it yeah I didn't get I didn't finish it. So if you want to ask is he heroic if you look at what was what was done to him both by by the people who were pursuing him and by you know by, by the actual what they actually did to his family? do you think that taking retribution against someone who has been, I, I think that's kind of where the perspective lies. Do you think taking retribution against people who have wronged, uh, you know, basically if, if you aggress on people who have, uh, you know, in, in the libertarian sense, has, if they violated the NAP against people. And no, we're not libertarian on, them, on this show anymore, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thing. saying. I did a whole yeah. thing talking about the the Reno reset and why post libertarians are right or something like that. I don't, I don't think that's actually what I did, but
1: but yeah. So, it, but even if you were to say that, so take well, if you take the non libertarian approach, would you would you rather the cops go in there and actually do their job and clean up society and and actually take care of things so that Punisher doesn't have to do this? Then yes, but but is Punisher doing a service to actually clean up these bad people that are in, in the world that are, you know, gang members and doing all this stuff? Uh, it, it, you know, it you know, just like we were talking about the gangsters, if if you were in that city and Punisher, you know, kills a gang member who could have killed your kid, I mean, are you not gonna be thankful for that kind of person? Like, thank you. Like you would be shaking his hand and say, Thank you, sir. Like I like, uh, appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I would. I don't know about you guys. I, I would be grateful for someone cleaning up, like, crazy and, and terrible people off the streets. I'm not. Okay. Kind of like uh,
2: the the latest Batman. I mean, <laughs> what's his name? It's like, he's cleaning the streets of some awful uh, people, some awful, awful mobsters, right? And then the, the bad guys in that movie are online autists who like guns. So, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy in our eyes as far as that movie is concerned?
1: I haven't watched the new Batman. Oh,
2: I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just keep keep it in the back of your mind whenever you do watch it. At the end of the day, the three of us are actually the bad guys.
2: Online uh, anonymous people
0: who like guns. That's all I'll say. We're not all that anonymous, though. It's like
2: uh, not all of us are autos, too. <laughs> so,
0: I don't know. Trey, Trey 50 Daniel may not actually be his name. I, I mean, I had my suspicions that 50 wasn't his middle name, but I, I wasn't like I wasn't 100% positive on that. So,
1: clear, clear indicator uh, you know, I like all of a sudden just display
0: the spectrum above my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. So, so I kind of brought up the Punisher thing because, um.
2: I want to have a question for you about Thanos. What what does Thanos write about? So... Are you, you trying to get some, like, Bill Gates books? Like, is this what you're doing?
0: No, <laughs> I don't think he's... I don't think he's actually right in our universe. Like, he's not like I, a deep I have, have done YouTube books. I have done very... <laughs>
1: I've done I would then snoop and make make them eat the bugs and then they would live in the pods.
2: <laughs> Thanos Thanos was probably like it, all I had to do was like create a virus and a vaccine that's all I had to do I didn't have to do anything else. Sorry, go ahead Jess.
0: <laughs> okay, so I, I've done like uh I've done some a couple deep looks at why overpopulation is not actually a, a problem on this planet. Uh, so so I'm <laughs> not the, saying this planet that- <laughs> In this universe, Mars was, is a different story. Yeah, Mars. Right, right, Thanos is set in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, in this Marvel uh, comic book universe. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that for our world that we live in that his prescription is right. Gotcha. Here. I'm okay. saying that in that universe, when he is explaining the problem that he is seeing across the universe, of over of crowding out planets and Uh, destroying resources and everything else and just like completely obliterating uh, the ability for productive continuation of life in the universe. And his solution is pretty aggressively uh, horrible, but it's also like when he explains it all out and and, like he, he gives his kind of, Reasoning behind it, it's like, well, he's not all that wrong. Well, but. and
1: and and he was wronged. Like if you if you look at the fact, like they did that to him too, right? I mean, like people did that. Like his, they did that to his planet, and he basically that's why his his you know his uh, race or species didn't didn't continue to, to the to that degree. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of what what he's explaining. It's like, hey, because we all had this issue, because now my people. Or, or no longer exist. So now, like I think that this would be the solution to fix all of all of our problems. And you know, he he, you can sympathize with him. Like you can, you can say, "Hey, I get it. Like what what you're trying to do, I get it. It's not the right way, clearly, but I get why you would reach that conclusion."
2: Yeah. And uh, a, a historical example here is. 1920s Germany was awful. <laughs> the Weimar Republic was a terrible, terrible place, and it makes sense why someone might rise to power. Um, and I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to go any further
1: on this one. So. Insert <laughs> insert random uh, like you know insert the, the typical question would you would you go back in time and, and you know kill baby Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> I think, would
2: no, you I would. Uh, I would try to prevent World War One.
0: Yeah, that's probably the True. better solution. See, that's where we end up with the uh, or I the- would
2: I would at least not paint Germany as like the ultimate evil. In World War One and in the aftermath of World War One. So that, that was an example of the villain chosen for us after that war was obviously the loser, one of the losers, Germany, and then what do you have next? You have the Weimar Republic and then the rise of the Nazis and then World War Two.
0: And the oh, new global see, order. And you see that playing out even like right now with the whole Russia U- Ukraine you Russia Ukraine conflict and like the the villain has been assigned like and then if you if you side with the villain, you're some sort of like extremist when you know you might be looking at, right. you might be looking <laughs> yeah. at the situation kind of like with the Thanos thing or kind of like with the magneto thing and it's like, well, maybe there's more going on with this than just good guy and bad guy. And and like to, and don't get me wrong because this is something that I also wanted to talk about with y'all was um, I really hate the over sympathizing of uh, or making villains like too much of a sympathetic character like what they did with Maleficent in uh, in uh, Disney like what Disney did with Maleficent like no fuck that like Maleficent needs to be just this brutally horribly evil fuck like don't don't go and make it some sympathetic character like. Not all villains need to be a. Not all villains need to be some like sad stories. Uh, sad story of being a uh, you know misunderstood. Just like you were saying with not all not all heroes need to be like some shade of gray antihero. Like there are the there do need to be the just like purely good out there. Uh, there should definitely be with the on the villain side of it. Like there should definitely be the purely evil villain. And you know we don't need to. Be creating sympathy for every single villain that's out there. Like, I, I, that's where you get, um, you know, the downfall of modern religion is that the the the, uh, the villain in that story has been made into a sympathetic character and some misunderstood thing, uh, which is a fucking joke. Anyway, we could we could do a whole lot We could do a whole to- uh, episode on my problem with modern religion, <laughs> but. But yeah, like I, I'm not saying I want to over sympathize every every villain, but like when you look at it, there is nuance in some of what we see, uh, especially where certain levels of media are portraying the characters, whether it be fictional or historical or in modern times.
2: Let me uh, let me piss off your audience and me as well. <laughs> so obviously the the current culture and the way we grew up and the way like public schools and media portrays uh, Abraham Lincoln is that he's like the ultimate hero, like number one president. Right. But I, we have been in this space where Abraham Lincoln is like the ultimate evil. And I am, I have a contrarian spirit about me anyways. And I, side more with like the the Southern sympathizers. Yet my favorite president, one of my favorite presidents is Andrew Jackson, who 30 years before Abraham Lincoln comes into office, also said that the union should not split. So would Jackson have acted similarly as Abraham Lincoln had he been in his position? And this kind of creates some sympathy in my mind, towards Lincoln.
1: Damn it, you stumped me. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I, th- I think he probably would. I mean, uh, clearly, like it, it, the the person in power would want the cohesiveness of, of the of the union. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that that would be the natural, like, kind of ideal, uh, you know, scenario for their order, right? It, like, if it's kind of like if if it were to happen now. Obviously there would be a huge power grab because of the fact that we do want the the union to stay the whole, you know, but the, I don't think that Jackson would have taken the exact same approach to, to like vilify to, to the point like where it's just like plundering his opponents. Like yeah. I, I, I don't think he's the same kind of person that Lincoln was to, to go and plunder your opponents and essentially say, you know, like you, you're going to be like the the second class citizens of our country because, uh, you know, you guys decided to secede at some point. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, Jackson is a
2: Jackson uh, was a good leader, a better leader than Lincoln. Also, he had the military
0: history as well. Yeah, I was going to say if you look at like the the 1820s, 1830s, um, you know, twenty to twenty thirty years before, you know, the Civil War and and what happened there and and the, say, 10 to 15 years that led up to that point. Um, Like, if you look back in that earlier 1800s, there were actually legitimate good faith arguments or or good faith negotiations that were made between um, with the federal government and the North, the South, like, keeping things amenable to keep the states together to, to prevent this from becoming a problem, and then as you get closer to that point, you get closer to um, to actually to secession, to the Confederacy forming, to the Civil War beginning. Those those good faith negotiations stopped being good faith. They it started becoming a thing where the North was making these deals and then reneging on them immediately, and and throwing the whole thing into disarray. So yeah, like the, the leadership in in, the leadership leading up to that point is definitely plays a a huge part in that. And like, like, yeah, I, I, like you said, like we kind of live in this or exist in this space where Lincoln is not at all the, the good guy. Um, But when you look at, you know, the nuance of it, was he also necessarily the, the consummate bad guy? Well, no, maybe not, but I do think uh, there were definitely some things that happened that you would have to you would have to lean more towards. Uh, he didn't make good faith effort to be the good guy as far as all of that went. He um,
2: we also married Mary Todd, and that shows that he doesn't make the best decisions. So. <laughs>
0: You you always go after her. You, you always... she's nuts. Huh. I mean, look, we we've all married some nutso at some point in our lives, right? I mean, maybe not all of us, but two out of three at least. <laughs> two, yeah, two out of um, three of us.
1: <laughs> well, it goes back to it goes back to like the the I don't know if you guys saw that that viral uh, sort of viral tweet. Uh, every, every girl is bi, except you need to figure out whether it's uh polar or sexual.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's pretty much what it is.
0: That's funny. So will Trey's still early enough that his uh his crazy is to be determined, but
1: she keeps it well. to a low level of crazy. So, oh gosh. Gotcha. <laughs> See, I tried to I tried to play the, the crazy hot like you know scale the right way. I, I didn't I didn't you know do what some people do and you know pick the wrong
0: point on the line. No, <laughs> you're not supposed to go like as. He saw as the as scale it. before you got married. I see how it goes. And so you want to go for like the ten on the crazy or on the hot, but also like as high on that crazy line, and just hope that she doesn't accidentally appear on the wrong side of that line at some point <laughs> in the future. That's not the way you're supposed to do that.
2: <laughs> you know, naturally, uh, a chat about villains would lead to our <laughs> conversation about women. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that makes sense. Is, uh, uh, is Thanos your favorite villain? No, not not even close. Okay. Um, because we did talk about... Um, because we did talk about Superman a little bit and like the, the, the boy scout perspective, like the, the consummate good guy. Um, I actually not. so not the, um, not the DC cinematic universe, Lex Luthor, but the comic book Lex Luthor, I would actually probably put him as my, like my favorite bad guy. Cause like, if you look at everything that Lex Luthor is doing, It is almost completely to better humanity. Like, his hatred of Superman is not because he wants to destroy the world. He hates Superman because Superman represents this thing that shouldn't exist. Like, Superman is this um, alien that could effectively take over everything at the drop of a hat if he ever chose to. And so, like, Lex Luthor wants to protect humanity from that. Like, that's his... The way he goes about it is maybe uh, a little bit evil-ish, but, like, that's his... His goal is to protect humanity. And if he advances his own interest in the, in the process, then, you know... More power to him, as far as yeah. He's concerned. I mean, I mean, he's but, I mean, basically he had-
1: Tony Stark without like without pow, like without any actual technology that they would like like he doesn't put on a suit of armor. I mean, I think maybe occasionally he has. I think I don't. Know. Yeah, he does yeah. have a power
0: armor that he uses to fight Superman from time to time. But it, yes, he doesn't like that's not his day to day thing. Like he uses his he uses his genius and his money and his power and his influence and all of that to. To try to build humanity and to try to build a better world. And he might be kind of evil in the way he goes about it at times, but like he's not necessarily wrong, even to the extent that he gets himself elected president at at one point in the like in the universe. So I would probably put him as my number 1 villain just because like, they
1: predict- they're predicting Elon Musk becoming president that's that's what that was <laughs> it's it, it's like one of those simpson memes like it, all of a sudden yeah. Elon Musk is going to become president shoot
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think they might have to change some things in the constitution to do that and and if they're going to change the constitution they're going to they're going to do some other things first that uh, yeah. probably prevent that from being <laughs> the right rea- reality <laughs> All right. So, who are some? Who are some like legitimate villains and bad guys that um, that kind of exist? That maybe so. Like Mark was talking about with Lincoln and Jackson. Um, you know, history is not as kind to Jackson because of the Indian thing, um, and and history is incredibly kind to Lincoln because of the. Civil War thing, uh, or because of the slavery thing, but Yeah, you know, which
2: there, there are sources out there, as like, if Lincoln, like after the war, Lincoln wants to send the freed slaves to Haiti, right? So, it's like Lincoln was not a good dude. Went,
0: followed all the way through. I'm, never mind, I'm not going to say anything. Continue. So, <laughs> so like, what are some other examples of like, maybe um, historically, you know, you get, and without going to the obvious, like, Hitler stuff. Uh, We've we've, uh, hinted at that enough, but like, what are some other things that like hero villain there, they may not always be portrayed in a uh, necessarily an honest light. Like you're, you get a, you get an incredibly one-sided view of it that doesn't paint the picture as it truly is. Um,
2: okay. This is kind of a, a weird example, but I've read Marcus Aurelius's meditations. So he's like a he was like the stoic philosopher king of Rome, right? And like you read the meditations, you're like, all like most of this stuff, if not all of it, is like great advice. Yeah, his son is Commodus. <laughs> If you've watched Gladiator, like they actually do a good job of portraying who he was as a person. He was nuts. He was crazy. He killed, murdered all kinds of people, especially Christians. So Marcus Aurelius is obviously painted in a good light because of what he wrote in his personal journal. And I know you can't like judge someone based off of their son's actions, but your son becomes like one of the most evil people of that time. Like, what was? Does that mean that Marcus Aurelius? was not necessarily the good person that he's presented to be because his son turned out to be a complete degenerate. Like, did he not, did he, (laughs) did he not raise his son? Was he like a super distant father? I mean, obviously fatherhood at that time was different too, but interesting thing to think about.
0: I mean, yeah, fatherhood was different at that time, but there are also plenty of historical examples that would indicate that, you know, if it wasn't so, yeah, yeah.
1: The the person that I think of most that is kind of villainized that I would say it, it's not so clear on is it, it, probably Caesar. Uh, a lot of people view Caesar as like a villain, like he was he was you know he ruled you know he he ruled over Rome you know kind of thing. Sorry, Julius. Yeah, Julius Caesar. Yeah. yeah. Um. Basically, that. the the idea, <laughs> yeah, not the dressing, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um but julius caesar they you know people thought that they think a lot of people have that connotation of, of like he he was a you know very cruel ruler he would you know sentence people to death all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day generally speaking the the country was like improving under his rule overall it it was only because he trusted people that he shouldn't have and obviously it came back to bite him eventually but but only because he he trusted people he shouldn't have that that was the the reason that the the country went to shambles and all 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 of the the empire falling and all of that kind of stuff. He it wasn't because of his rule though. He he was act- generally a good ruler. He was he was a just ruler for, for the most part from the historical things that you can read about. It. I, I yeah, think- Ro-
2: Rome was in uh, major decay. Uh, the constitution had completely fallen apart. The Roman Senate was full of degenerates. Um, <laughs> and I mean, obviously the people were like begging for a Caesar at that point in time. And he was probably That's, the best person to
0: step into that role. I view him kind of in that, like that Lex Lutherish ish, uh, that vein, like that vein. He, he saw the problem. Now, maybe he was more of a reluctant with it, but he saw the problem and he went and addressed it. And like, was what he did necessarily the best way to go about it? I mean, who knows? I mean, his, but it was the uh, way he went about
2: it. It was the way the, he knew. The civil wars, though, like leading up to his rise, it was all military men, like his military men versus the other like military men. Like no, like very few civilians actually died before his rise. So, I mean, that's I think a point in like just that whole. Like if we had a Caesar rise now or whatever, like c- civilians might be dying.
1: I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know. Would well, civilians be know, dying? Tho, well, like though Tho Bishop has, has compared to like you know DeSantis to to Caesar, so <laughs> I don't know. Would what, what, does DeSantis? Uh, is is he gonna all of a sudden just start creating a, a conflict? And, and I, I don't think so. But yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I and in I that think case, it, would,
0: would civilians be dying because of uh, as, as like casualties of war or collateral damage or would civilians be dying because civilians would join up with one side or the other and go like put their put themselves behind whatever they were aligning with because at that point like there's still uh, military enlistment it wouldn't isn't necessarily the same as what it was. Uh, Back in those times. So like they would go and join Caesar's army and it's now military casualty, even though it may actually be just like a a civilian who said, I'm here to fight for your army. Um, The way they categorize and and clarify or classify civilian versus non-civilian in in modern times. um, Would they necessarily be civilian casualties or would they be people who are actually like Volunteering to to be part of the fight, but don't have that designation.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that's a if, if there's a good way to clarify that. You, like, I would think most people would sign up to to protect their cause. Like, I mean, obviously, it, the people like kind of like us. Obviously, we want to defend. Like, if if someone were to aggress upon us and try to, you know, take takes. Take our you know guns or take stuff from us, kind of like we were talking about earlier. I, I think obviously, I, I think we're all going to kind of be like, yeah, no, nah, we're going to all get together and, and try to do something about that. Um, yeah, but- I, I don't think that if like
2: if there was like an American Caesar, um, it wouldn't be like it, it, we're already kind of in like a cold civil war, right? Like the way things are now would escalate, so to the extent that people are harmed would be like rioting in the streets and especially the cities right like there wouldn't be an actual like clash or conflict between two opposing units
0: yeah you're probably probably right on that at least not right away yeah like that might that might uh, manifest itself at some point if it uh, if it continued, but yeah, that, that definitely wouldn't probably be the the reality of the situation for the first, at least for the first several years, if not decade. That's interesting to think about.
2: Certainly is. That's
0: why you need to get out in the country, and get get far away from everything, raise chickens and goats, and uh, threaten your children on a daily basis. You know all the all the good <laughs> necessities of life let's see did you answer Uh, your question no no I really didn't this is a tough Um, one for you yeah because it's too because it's too obvious of like the the anarchist type of an answer Like, like uh Ted Kaczynski is oh, okay he's probably the one because I've, uh, I've I have read all of his books and like it's hard to delineate him from being the villain <laughs> because you know because of what he did um, like and also he, he might legitimately be crazy but he is you know, he got the, he got the, well, like, <laughs> he, he got the, he was able to prescribe the problem, but his solution may not have been necessarily right. But, like, he's, he was brilliant in that he really kind of hit the whole thing on the head very squarely. And, you know, it, it's, but it's hard to say that he was, like, misunderstood and not necessarily evil unless you really go in and look at his like the mk ultra stuff but like did that influence him to like did the mk ultra stuff influence him to uh you know utilize the u.s postal service or or was that just other stuff going on like it, you it's know like an
2: entrapment case going on
0: right like you, you you can't necessarily like in both of your uh both of your cases like you could look at one as having been painted as as a hero uh, or a more heroic type of historical figure. Uh, But there could be some question with that. And like the other, with with Julius Caesar having been painted as more of a villainous character historically, but really there was some like redeeming qualities to what he was doing and why. Um, I don't know if you can really make that distinction with Kaczynski as much.
1: I I think that Ted... And, and I haven't read everything so I can't I can't say that I can be precise but from what I understand of, of the ethos and everything I, I've, I've sort of browsed it, but I haven't obviously I haven't read the entire entirety of, of what he was talking about but I do think that he was prescribing a problem but I don't think he described the exact root cause of the problem I think he kind of he jumped the shark and kind of went to he he went off in a, on a tangent for some reason and kind of get landed in the wrong place. I because I because I think like uh I believe he's blaming the industrial revolution you know and stuff like that like ob- obviously the idea that man is no longer creating something and working with his hands uh it it, it does <laughs> it does come off uh you know as, as someone who obviously believes in uh, Austrian economics kind of. Kind of the subjective theory of value. Uh, You know, you can create anything. You know, if we're creating this video now, if if it was worth a lot of value, obviously people would be paying you a lot of money to to, to make these kind of videos, stuff like that. Uh, But but the the, that's the whole idea of the subjective theory of value. But he's kind of getting to the point of he's almost saying like a communist would, like of like the idea that man doesn't work with his hands anymore is the reason why he's sad, and, and thus. Uh, it, that's just the vibe. Like, I don't know if I'm exactly right on quoting that, but I know he does blame the industrial revolution and the idea that man is no longer directly tied to the work and doing everything physically with his hands necessarily. It's, it's kind of a detriment yeah. to society. Uh,
2: yeah. I'm, I am sympathetic to like people should be creating with their hands, but there is a certain like Marxist quality there to where like that is the only thing, right? Like you're placing all of your value into the labor that you create with your with your physical or whatever you create with your physical labor. Um,
0: like I said, I speaking think of villains, the, Marx I didn't think there. he had the solutions necessarily yeah. accurate. Just that you know, he he did a pretty good job of prescribing certain problems and and like like to your point, Trey, right, his his uh, the root cause of those problems. I, he may have he may have missed on. Like I, I, I definitely don't. I can't say definitively that the reason that we've seen the things that he was prescribing as the problems that have really come to fruition over the last 20 years. Um, you know, from when he was writing this in the seventies and eighties, the things he was describing about the left and the problems that they, uh, create and, and pose, he got those problems spot on, right. But is that a result of, of, uh, technological advances and everything, or is that a result of, um, A shifting social structure and uh, cultural degradation like you know there's there's a lot more to that than just yeah he he got what's wrong he got that right uh how it became wrong may not have have been so so accurate then how how do you solve that problem he also may not have been very close to. You know.
1: <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of like uh, you, you know. I don't know if you guys know, noticed. Uh, yesterday was was the anniversary of the Killdozer Day. Everybody was memeing about that. So that's another person, I guess you, you could say uh, they, they had the wrong, wrong uh, prescription for the you know for, for the problem. And that you know it, those those do you know kind of coincide co- like where you see some of these ideas of people you know, seeing wrong in society and seeing wrong in in how people are doing things and then just deciding to take uh, certain measures into their own hands. And, and I guess you, you you can't necessarily fault them all the time, but yeah, definitely there's there's some nuance to be had there
0: with with what they're going about. Well you know, I would say um, as far as the killdozer guy goes, I think that's a little bit white pilling for me in this whole conversation because it seems that generally speaking most people are pretty sympathetic to his cause and like what he was what he was doing i,
2: I do see like even some of my like normie friends speaking highly of Killdozer guy so it right. is strange. like when they
0: when they look in it, like the people who actually take the time to listen to or watch a video on or read about his story and what happened to him and then you know, ultimately, what he ended up doing because of all of that, like, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody who like who knows what that story is. It's like, oh yeah, that was just terrible. He never should have done that. It's like, you know what? I fucking get it. <laughs> like that's that's almost you know universally the response to that. So so that is a little bit white pilling for me. Maybe maybe he's uh he's not the. The villain He's we the need, but He was the villain we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> to, to take that... Uh, that Nothing like kill those, we got to unify us all. But to take that Dark Knight phrase. Well, y'all got anything else on the the, the villain conversation? I, I, I wanted to, like I said, I, I wanted to expound on it a little bit because, you know, there is, uh, there is a lot to be talked about with the the hero villain conversation both historically you know in comics and video games and movies and different forms of literature like uh it it it's it's kind of what is it the uh the victor will write the history books so you know you get you get things painted in certain perspectives that uh there's always a little more nuance involved y'all got any closing thoughts on all of this
2: the first time I ever felt sympathy towards a villain was towards a uh, scar and the lion King. Number one, is, <laughs> number one is because he's cooler looking than Mufasa. And number two, <laughs> I think he is like second born, right? So I'm the second born of, of three boys. And so uh, middle childs, they, middle children, they always go through that, that complex where, you know, the, the oldest, the oldest is the, the golden child. So I kind of related to Scar until he shoved his brother into the stampede, and I was like, "Well, then you took it too far, man."
1: I'm also right, not being the older the- brother. I see being the older older brother who wasn't the golden child. I, I, I oh, you weren't. I, I okay. just don't get it. Yeah, see, I I, I didn't get away with anything.
0: My, my you know, younger my, brother,
2: <laughs> my older brother, would say that he wasn't the golden child either.
0: So, see, my <laughs> brother, my younger brother, thought that I was the. My younger brother thought that I was the golden child, but when I look back at it, I was just fucking better than him. Like it's not that; I, it's not like it. It was because I was undeserving. Like I was just that much better,
1: built different.
0: I promise, I'm not out to get my nephew. I love, I love them.
1: <laughs> uh, but I guess my my closing thoughts on it is: I don't mind having different. Villains in media. I don't mind having some that that have nuance and obviously uh, point out the the flaws of the heroes and point out the flaws in society in general. Uh, I, I think that what what I'm what my broader point was is that I've, I'm seeing so much of uh, of media of just you you can't have a heroic arc or a heroic story in something as much anymore without them having to like. Uh, douse like put some doubt on the hero of like is he really heroic there 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 just aren't any heroes that are truly heroic anymore really in in the media that we're seeing Uh, and they they just don't have that sort of give you that sort of hope uh and i think that we need more of that kind of stuff in our media to to kind of give us uh you know hey they saved the day they they save the world from destruction and, and there there's going to be a bright tomorrow because of the heat. Uh, I just, I just would like to see more of that in the media because I think that I look at what the, during the times of that media, what what the world that was being produced and it could be just been a reflection of the world around it, but the, the world when some of these shows and when some of these, uh, this media was produced is it was just a much better society
0: because they had hope. And I guess for my closing thing, thing, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess for my closing thing, like I did, I did mention that there have been a couple things that have been white peeling for me. And it's the, that, uh, that through some of this shift in media with, with some of these things being presented, um, it does have people actually looking at, at things from a new, a more nuanced mm-hmm. viewpoint and, and looking for, for the truth behind who, who is the good guy and who is the bad guy and what's the, what's the actual differentiation in that. And, and some people to some extent, um, like I, I would say even in like my normie groups, uh, like, cause like I'll put this episode up on my, my political Facebook page and I might share it to my normie one, but I most likely won't. But there are, people who follow me on the political page for some reason and they start sharing stuff that you wouldn't expect them to. So so there is some some white pilling that that some people are starting to come around to looking at things from a more nuanced perspective and not just taking the face value of who does the media say is the good guy and say is the bad guy, but like to actually dig into the nuance of it and discover that for themselves.
1: I would
2: like to add one more thing. Parents who bring their kids to drag uh, drag clubs are villains. I think we could all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad
1: we can
0: all agree. Apparently not all Twitter can.
1: Well, well yes. Especially libertarian Twitter. Yeah.
0: Well if you know anything about Twitter, it's that it everyone there is retarded. Oh no, wait, that's the wrong show. Uh, yeah, we got the wrong show. That's not that's not how we end this show. <laughs> Thank you everybody who joined us. I just now looked at the comments and Carlos has been commenting this whole time and I didn't have it pulled no, up. Oh really?
2: Oh, I have it. Oh <laughs> I, I had the private chat open. I didn't even know this was open. I
0: did not too. I wasn't paying attention. I you know, you would think as as often as we do this, I would be better at this, but it's it's been a long weekend, man. Um I will talk about that on Wednesday's episode because it was a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, So I'll kind of recap my weekend on Wednesday. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. Be sure to catch us on the morning show. Be sure to check out Trey's uh, Twitch channel and follow him. Uh, Go subscribe to Mark Substack because he is an excellent writer and uh, not entirely uh, a Nazi either. So, you know, definitely go check him out. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and I will see you on Wednesday.
2: Thanks, Justin. (laughs)